0: Hey, Ash from All Things Dentistry, and you're doing the drive. So yesterday, Monday, was a great, amazing day as usual. Angela is certainly by far, probably the second best dental assistant. Anyways, she like she's the best. So enough about her. It's always about her. Um, you know, this episode is going to be a little bit longer because I'm talking about diagnosis and root canal pain and odontogenic pain. So I think, actually... I nailed the wrong tooth and I use the, the, the verb nailed because uh, in terms of diagnosis and it's a very interesting situation where you know yesterday was a whole bunch of things that happened I had an MMA fighter this young guy who's like this PHA student who fights MMA at night It's crazy super intelligent guy <laughs> walks in looks like a college kid and he's this MMA fighter anyways doing his PhD in like um, growing Ears on plant scaffolds, crazy. So uh, back to the wrong tooth. That's not him. Back to the wrong tooth. Uh, about two weeks ago, week and a half ago, Fred uh, was sent over from one of our clinics to because he had extreme pain to tooth number two seven. Uh, I might have talked about this before. So extreme pain had been waking him the night before. He got thirty minutes of sleep, and he localized it to his upper left. And we did our endodontic testing on his upper left, and sure enough, tooth number two seven was had a slow linger to cold, <clears throat> a linger to cold, and then uh, percussion sensitivity. Actually, percussion sensitivity on all his teeth, uh, but that one was definitely more like on fire. And there had been a recent restoration placed about two years ago, and he's a bruxer, so. It was pretty much, you know, and the tooth was I don't take this in consideration, but this is a good learning point. Again, taking consideration the diagnosis from whoever sent it to me. I kind of need to start fresh because I can boggle, you know, put goggles on you and bias you towards doing something. So uh, he walked in and actually have a really cool GoPro video of him showing the classic signs of irreversible pulpitis. So he had a bottle of water. I talked about this bottle of cold water, and then he had to tilt his head to get pain relief. And then uh, during, during the pulpectomy of tooth number two, seven, it was still painful. So, and we'd numb the heck out of him. And I couldn't really understand it, how the anesthesia was not being that effective. I mean, I've understood that, but it was kind of crazy. So, we followed him through the next few days, I just text back and forth every day and then it seemed to get kind of worse a week out. <coughs> Excuse me. So there was some pulpal remnants in there and I was like, "Okay, well, let's just do it because I wasn't able to get a complete severing of the root pulp." So we went back in and we completely cleaned and shaped the entire tooth and then placed the calcium hydroxide and then like, "Okay, we're done." And then I texted him Saturday And he's like, ah, it's getting... It's okay, it's better, but I'm still... I'm waking up with night sweats. So he's got no t-shirt on. He's got to change his shirt two times. It's not that painful, but he's got pain radiating down his left side of his neck and head. And that told me that instantly, I'm like, that's the wrong tooth. He's now starting to experience some sort of systemic um, problems due to something, and I'm like, I bet you it's a bottom tooth. And then Sunday he started he said you know uh, i'm starting to have a problem swallowing. i'm like oh my gosh that's exactly what it is so we've got we've had an irreversible inflamed tooth that went to partial necrosis to now necrosis in a matter of a week and now we're getting some pain to we're getting some swelling on his submandibular on the left side so um so we saw him yesterday so actually i called him some prescri- some antibiotics uh, on, I still hadn't seen him, but that was my hunch that we had referred pain from a lower left tooth that was so- slowly going necrotic. Um, and he had trismus as well, so he couldn't open his jaw past like if I put I when I saw him, I couldn't even, I could put one and a half fingers. I cut I, had, I cut one of my fingers in half and put it in his mouth. And that's all he had. So. We prescribed him antibiotics, some amoxicillin, TID, 500 milligrams, and we saw that was Sunday. And then by Monday morning, we saw him, and he'd be getting better. And uh, I did my endo testing on the lower left, and sure enough, tooth number 37 was necrotic. <clears throat> and I got my buddy Amir, did the same residency as I did, to reevaluate, and sure enough, 37 was a culprit. So we numbed him up. Did the pulpectomy, he was okay with that. And then uh, the par- the mesial canals were partially necrotic. Well, it was partially necrotic, so the mesial canals were not necrotic. But the distal, I mean, it had, hopefully if I remember to put the image up for the thumbnail, you'll see the necrosis junk out of there. And you know, what reminds me of in my residency, the same situation where I highlighted on one implant that was perforated through the mandibular cortex uh, the lingual cortex uh, by one of my mentors. It was a total accident, and the patient was in extreme agony. And we took a cone beam, It was on. I was on a, I was on call with the emergency room, and we highlighted, I zoomed in on this implant that was placed a day earlier, and you know what? Two days later, it wasn't even the implant, it was the third molar that was causing this grief for the patient, extreme pain. So, you know, was the 2-7 irreversibly inflamed? unfortunately we'll never know but it just reminds me I think that's the message today is um, as hard as it is you think you do endodontic testing and I mean I've done now 2000 teeth probably about 50 extreme pain cases and this is the first one again that brings me back to humbling of just take a look at the bigger picture and maybe endo test that the opposing arch so, you know, I texted him just this morning, and he's doing a lot better. He can open more, so that gives me some hope. Not hope, it just tells me, okay, we're down the right path. He's not going to end up in the hospital uh, with an extracted tooth and an ex- uh, external drain. We don't want to do that, because it's definitely we're playing with fire now. <coughs> Excuse me. My oldest son has whooping cough, and now I think I have now gotten it. So, we need to watch that. Uh, so... That is, you know, like, try not to uh, pinpoint on one, tooth. So that's that. And then, uh, so the next patient we did was a pulpectomy. You know what? In that pulpectomy, because of Angela, it took 15 minutes. Literally, start to finish, hypo, full strength, hypo, wave on gold, right to the uh, our apical constriction, rinse a lot, place some calcium hydroxide, boom, like 15 minutes, it's done. And I could have, you know, the potential, the, the reason why I'm telling this story is not to highlight how such an idiot I am. It's to really show that if you do the proper diagnosis, that patient probably, you know, probably would have been out of grief and be done, and we would I wouldn't be talking about this. But here we are. Uh, so and the other thing is just be humble. Uh, you know, it's humbling every day to be grateful to be able to provide care to patients. And you know what? Don't you got to be honest, and we uh, make mistakes. So next patient, tooth number one seven, large restoration placed. How many years ago? And uh, cold sensitivity, earvers being inflamed, super painful. I mean, cold, he just jumped out of the chair. Really neat guy. Guy. So Louis, uh, Louis, Louis Philippe, he's, I couldn't believe it. He looks like he's probably about my age, 45. He's 60. Uh, it's ridiculous. Angela and I just almost fell off our chairs. It was just, actually she did fall off her chairs. She usually does. But yeah, I mean, just looking at him, is like, man, it's crazy. So, We had a large distal, large distal restoration on the upper right. So we elected to do a pulpectomy, give him some choice, some options. So I'll call him today, see how he's doing. That was pretty straightforward. And then, oh, this is the next one. So we had another referral sent in, Colin, or Graham is his first name. Really nice guy, older gentleman, 60 years old. And he, no symptoms, nothing. The dentist just could not get a cold response on tooth number three six and there was a couple pins a huge amalgam restoration and the i mean i can see how the panel and the radio and the radiograph. It kind of looks questionable there's no there's no radiolucency but it's got this like large kind of weird sclerotic thing going on and couple that with no response to cold it's kind of like okay well let's get an endo uh check out <coughs> so we did the referral And certainly on the consultation, and I have a great GoPro uh, video of this, is that you can't, I couldn't get cold. I tried it two times, uh, one after the other with cold and nothing. So that's when you crack out the EPT, and sure enough, the tooth is vital. So the EPT is a really great tool, the electric pulp test. If you don't have one, they're super expensive. Maybe get one off of Amazon or eBay. I was thinking about getting a cheap one just to try it out. uh, To reconfirm, because the tooth was totally fine, just not responding to cold. And then the afternoon, what do we have? We had a restoration. No, the guy was supposed to do a restoration, didn't want to. Like, okay, well, that's fine. Uh, And then the evening I had this, uh, yeah. So, it was very interesting, actually. This young man, 27 years old, MMA fighter. And I was expecting this dude with tattoos to roll in. And sure enough, it wasn't. It was, uh, you know, super fit guy, 27 years old, bit unshaven, PhD, growing... He's got his comp- he's finishing his his PhD. Whatever he finishes his thesis, his project, uh, growing human cells on plant scaffolds, and uh, so I was totally shocked. Uh, really intelligent. He does did his math. He does his PhD in physics of all things. I'm like, so I was really excited to talk to him about nickel titanium and all the other things. And I sent him home with a file, like a vortex blue, super bendy file. Talking about, uh, you know, shape memory and uh, just heat stuff and proprietary designs to this and that of files and blah, blah, blah. But he really appreciated it. So, uh, you know, what happened was he had a, two, it was really, this guy had must have a pay, high pain tolerance because he, uh, another clinician somewhere in the city of Ottawa did uh, restoration without anesthetic. And um, he was talking about how she was uh, trying to get away for vacation. I understand that. Not that I agree with it, but... You know a long time ago in dental school one of the instructors taught me the only thing you can do there's you know to me the there are two things that patients are going to grade you on pain giving them pain especially during shots it's pretty obvious and then the second one is if you have time for them so never seem this is what i was taught never seem like you're in a rush ever 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 because, you know, when you go somewhere and people are pushing you through, you're like, listen, wait, wait for a second. And then something happens. You're like, what on earth just happened? It was like you nobody had the time to take to be with you and be present. So that was uh, a huge lesson for me a long time ago, 25 years ago. <clears throat> so, um, and sure enough, so he had a filling top, uh, what was it, tooth number two seven. Actually left second molar. He had a restoration placed without Anesthetic, and it was extremely painful. So, but he must have a high pain tolerance. So he numbed. She numbed him up a little bit. Couldn't get him numb, and it was super close to the pulp. So he just sucked it up for a year of cold sensitivity, like aching cold sensitivity to warm water. And finally, the tooth necrosed, and he uh, came to our clinic. It's not about us. That's not what the statement is. Is it's just he switched it out and. By the time uh, he saw us, he was prescribed antibiotics about a month ago uh, because he was starting to have pressure from a necrotic tooth. And, you know, so we did the uh, did the endo. And, you know, lo and behold, I couldn't get really decent readings. It was totally weird. I'd get a reading on the apex locator, but it was super short. Like we're talking, you know, actually teeth, maybe 19 to 21 millimeters. This guy's aiming for 16. I'm like, oh. And it's got to be, you know, it's necrotic, so i got to make sure that I'm not... I've been burned with necrotic teeth before, so we take our gutter percha point fit, and I'm like, ooh, it looks short, especially on the palate. Like, super short. Like, super-duper short. <clears throat> so we uh, take another Apex. Like, I'm cranking out to 55, 50-size 50 file to get my Apex locator reading, and it is right on the money. And, of course, I'm close to the sinus. I don't want to get a hypochloride incident. So we repack, and sure enough it's bifurcated the palatal canal. I'm like, well, that makes more sense why I'm getting these random readings. Uh, so we filled that case I just called him. He's, he's fine. And that's about it. So I had another case who did a straightforward, did the endo about uh, two years ago on his right, this mandibular right side. And now we did the left side. And, you know, the only interesting thing from that situation was, I, you know, this is another lesson. Before I seal up the tooth, take a radiograph because what happened was as I placed my cone, I placed cone because the, the case was done in 20 minutes. It was pretty straightforward, like super quick. It's not about me being quick. It's just like when you have open canals, it's pretty straightforward. So we need, you know, 20, I'm almost thinking 30 minutes of full strength hypo to make sure you get a full dissolution of that vital tissue. So we take, when those cases happen, I'll take a gutta percha fit point with hypo in the canals. Uh, just to buy me some more minutes of getting some dissolution of tissue. So we, uh, what do we do? We place the cones and then I was happy with the fit, sealer. And I'm like, you know what? We're good to go. And I, so we seal everything up, fit the cones with sealer, place a temporary restoration, take the radiograph. And sure enough, the distal cone folded on itself. So it's halfway down the canal, like, ah. But you know, the quick way to do that, is to fix that problem is to, and I learned this quickly last night, last night myself was to take a diamond real fast to get rid of the cavit, no water to make sure we get, you know, it doesn't, it just worked. Pull out the cotton pellet, take a headstrom, I took a 40 headstrom, screwed it into the distal canal of the gutta percha, pulled out the point, refit another point, sealed it up, took a radiograph, and boom, we're done. So that is a quick way to do that, because it's gonna happen ultimately, these little, endo's about troubleshooting, never-ending troubleshooting. So I'm sitting in the parking lot trying to finish my lame stories, but I do appreciate you making it out to this point. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining me. Cheers.